0: Hello and Happy New Year. This is Tina Anderson with Battleground Fitness and the Get Fit Stay Healthy podcast, a program dedicated to providing innovative, user-friendly, action-oriented, and results-tested information for your mental and physical well-being. In other words, here is where you'll find information that can change your life in a positive way so you can truly get fit mentally and physically and stay that way. This is the 8th show and the 6th segment in a series on my GFit Better Body Battle Plan Success Guidelines. Part of a series focused on getting the body you want and deserve. And today I'm introducing a new feature by which I will fill you in on my progress battling emotional eating. Today on the battleground, we equip our minds with the tools to form and keep habits the good kind. Did you make any New Year's resolutions? Have you kept any of them? Is it even practical to think that any of us could see them through an entire year. Good news, my friends, see si usted puede. Yes, you can. Whether or not you made goals for 9 is not that significant. What is important to understand at this point is how you can keep any sort of goal or maintain permanent changes in your behavior. Tom Venuto from Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle, one of my favorite dudes in fitness, addresses the role of our minds quite a bit in achieving fitness goals and has posted several scientific studies on how our brains react to stimuli such as goal setting. You might desperately want to achieve a goal for 2009, but if you don't understand how your brain works and what it needs to help you follow through, you'll be on the battleground fighting with willpower, and that's probably not enough ammunition. In fact, you might as well get out the white flag right now, because most of you ain't winning. Your resolutions, your goals, your desires to change, no matter how hard you try, will typically not reach fruition vis-a-vis willpower. Here's why. Setting goals and relying on willpower are conscious activities, but research has shown that a great deal of your brain power is unconscious and the information and thoughts that reach your unconscious mind are the ones responsible for your automatic behavior. Some scientists believe that nearly all of our behaviors are unconscious and automatic or what we simply call habits. How easy is it to change a habit? Yeah, uh, not. When I was on the air at our local jazz station, I used to say weatherwise when starting the forecast. Each shift, I vowed not to say it again, but unless I actually wrote down another phrase, weatherwise would just naturally flow out like a stream running down a mountain on a mission, knowing where to go and unable to stop itself on its own. It was so frustrating. I didn't want to say weather-wise, but it was a habit. It was a habit I had developed. Habit, habit, habit. Tip number one, write down your goals. Display them where you will see them every day. Those who achieve their goals, in most cases, have written them down first. Lasting changes in behavior take place with and after, drum roll please, repetition. You've probably heard this, it takes at least three weeks to change an old habit and create a new one. Well, it's true. We now have neurological-based data to substantiate it. New patterns in your brain begin to form after they've been repeated and they get stronger with repetition. If you don't reinforce your efforts, you won't be able to form new neural connections, new habits or new behaviors. According to the studies, whatever you repeat over and over again is programmed into the subconscious mind. Okay, you ready? Here's a visualization exercise for you, a short one. If you can, close your eyes. Picture a bunch of rooms in a two-story house. Your two-story house. On the first level, Good habits that help you to be productive, happy, and healthy. What are those habits? Label your rooms and doors. Now look upstairs to the second level and think about the destructive, unhealthy, and unloving habits that occupy those rooms. What are they? Label those rooms and doors. Now look at the staircase. How many times do you leave the first floor and fortify those bad boys on the second floor by walking up the stairs and repeating the negative behavior and habits. On a practical level, the Nudo suggests rewriting your goals and thinking about them in positive terms and in mental pictures every day, day after day, until your new habit is formed and you don't even think about it anymore. Those are your mental steps and even physical in the form of actions. So, just because I say I will eat healthier doesn't mean I will. But if I reinforce my goal to eat healthier every day with post-it notes, pictures, phrases, and the targeted action, I can start to change my behavior. And if my behavior changes a little each day, day after day, my mind starts to reprogram itself, rewire itself, and voila, new patterns, new automatic behavior, and a new habit. Tip number two, you need three to four weeks to reprogram your unconscious mind and develop a new automatic habit. Why does it often take some sort of wake-up call for us to change? Heart attacks, deaths in the family, seeing a not-so-complimentary photo of yourself, feeling rejected or humiliated, reading about a near-drowning of a neighbor's toddler. The list goes on and on. We decide it's finally time to change, and perhaps we actually see it through. What happens as we near New Year's Eve? Besides being bloated and disgusted from too much partying and too much C's candy? We decide to start anew on January 1st. Out of the two scenarios, which one might have more impact from the get-go? Answer, the one with strong emotion around it. Let's go back to Venuto's research. Scientists have discovered that the number and strength of neural connections associated with a behavior or thought increase and last longer when they're formed in a highly emotional state. I can only speak for myself, but I wouldn't describe most New Year's resolutions as ones made in a highly emotional state. Where's the impetus and leverage in, Uh, yeah, for 2009 I'll uh, drink less coffee, yeah, I'll drink less coffee, that sounds good, and then on with the day, not giving it much more thought and probably not carrying through with it very long either. Why? Because of distractions? temptations or obstacles why because you don't have the adequate battle plan to persevere and we know that willpower is worthless after a while okay some of you have steel fortified willpower you know what I don't even want to hear about it I mean you know whatever good for you and all okay let's move on to tip number three goals created with emotion are scientifically stronger than without goal setting behavior changes and forming new habits is a continual ongoing process of reprogramming your mind so you don't have to rely on willpower to keep a goal think about how many things we do each day in that autopilot state our mind takes over on an unconscious level new habits that help you achieve your goals have to join the other autopilot behaviors in order to stick but the old unconscious programming will battle and oppose your new conscious desires this is a battle my friends if you approach it casually Expect mediocre results, if any, okay? To review, here's what will help you. Number one, writing down your goals and posting them where you will see them all the time. Repeating them out loud. Rewriting them down daily. Reinforcing what you want to achieve. Telling your mind before it gets occupied with those bad boys on the second floor. For example, every time I start to say, Oh my God, I look fat. I probably would say it like this. Oh my God, I look so fat. I will replace it with, my body is strong and I'm getting healthier and leaner every day with better nutrition. The, I look fat, leads to, I might as well eat since I'm fat. And the latter reinforces your goal to make better choices. Number two, knowing that repetition is crucial. Plan for a month of repeat thoughts and behaviors. For example, for the next 30 days, I will get up and say my goal first thing in the morning and right before bed. And every time I reach for the Sun Chips or Hershey's Kisses, I will drink a glass of water and grab an apple first, or take a five-minute walk, or just walk away from the kitchen. Glass of water, apple, walk, journal, whatever. Do it every time. Number three, using emotion when setting goals. Think carefully about your goals and select one or two that are connected to a strong emotional state or feeling. For example, I actually skipped a family gathering and missed out on a lot of fun and important bonding because I was embarrassed to be seen in my shorts. The thought of what I missed, what I could miss again, and the image of me being at the next function looking leaner will drive this goal. That's it. Not a lot of information. Basic stuff. Keep it simple, write them down, repeat the behavior and the thoughts and make sure it's surrounded with some sort of emotion when you set the goal. And now the confessional. People who know me are always shocked and surprised to hear about my issues with food. No one seems to be able to believe that I can consume a lot of food in a short period of time. Uh, si puedo. <laughs> so each podcast will feature a confessional, and I'm hoping some of you will join me so we don't feel alone on this journey, because we're not. My first confessional is about my emotional eating progress. Okay, I was doing really well until the holidays. I know, I know, wah, wah, Crimea me a river, what's new? I attended a holiday party with probably one of the biggest dessert spreads I've seen in a while resulting in an obsession with it pretty much all night. I pretended that I was truly engaged in various conversations, but all the while I was thinking about what I wanted to scarf down from the dessert table. I circled it like a shark and stared at the cookies, the pastries, the cakes, the peppermint bark, the peanut butter balls. Oh yeah, the balls were calling me. There were people to talk to, my husband was there, but for some reason, none of it was stimulating enough. And in fact, I noticed others who didn't even seem to know that there was a dessert table. Too busy enjoying themselves like a normal person. That just added to my annoyance and kept the what's wrong with you tape running in my head, reinforcing my thoughts right back to the dessert table. Anyway, I made it through the night, but then pulled out one of my favorite excuses. Sure, I'll take some home for my boys. Thank you. Oh, they'll love this. What a crock of crapola, if I may borrow from Jack Black and the School of Rock. I got into the car and ripped open the bags of sugar-laden, frosting-covered, peanut-butter-filled desserts, shoved them into my mouth like starving passengers on an airline that's been delayed for hours and is now handing out free mini-bags of pretzels. Welcome to the food transland experience. A short-lived food timeout from life created by a hunger switch that was turned on at a party that had too much of my favorite drug and not enough of anything else to divert my thoughts. Was I disgusted later? A bit, but not as much as I would have been before starting my EE journey. I understand this binge better and I'm working on tools and reinforcements to circumvent another dessert table binge. I have phrases and I have behavior modifications that I can jump to immediately before my autopilot steers me in the wrong direction but it's remembering them before it's too late. I'm not really in the habit yet because I don't have the phrases really written out or posted around me and I'm not faced with dessert tables all that often so even though I've been working on my EE issues I really still wasn't prepared for that temptation. My binge autopilot is so strong. It was born during a very difficult and very emotional time in my life. And we already know what emotions do to habits and goals. This is a tough battle for me, rooted in years of justifying and rationalizing and fortifying of the wrong thoughts and behaviors. I, like so many of you, have battles that wage in my head and in my autopilot actions. In conclusion, taking an acronym from one of my graduate school professors, what's your BHAG for 2009? And are you ready to really commit to change and new habits? Can you build new rooms on the second floor or just not go there anymore? Do you walk up those steps throughout the day? Make a BHAG. Oh, shoot, what's a BHAG? Are you ready? Write this down. It's a good one. It's your big hairy ass goal and I hope you have at least one for 2009 since no goal leaves you with uh uh-huh yeah a big hairy ass and I think we all know that oh boy that's just not good next show besides the confessional we venture into three letter land and I'm not referring to FAT my friends sex and your body weight it's not what you think but it's worth listening to Two weeks from now. Until then, make good choices. Set appropriate boundaries. Spread some good vibrations in the world. Find something to laugh about every day. And please, manage your stress before it manages you. This is Tina Anderson with Battleground Fitness and Get Fit, Stay Healthy, asking you to do the same. And a very happy new beginning to 2009 and our new goals for all of us.